0: Hey, this is Ann Samoilov. Welcome to another episode of the Fearless Launching Show. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you the replay of a recent webinar that I did, which included a chunk of content about the seven or so phases of your launch and and basically a very actionable thing you can do right now, even if you haven't planned your launch. Uh, that you can put on your to-do list and and check it off and get it taken care of way in advance. I hope you enjoy it and keep in mind that if you have questions along the way, I am always here to answer them. So jump on in, write down your questions as you go along and here's the trick about this. Think about something that you are trying to launch and you want to launch. Don't just take notes, my notes the things that I'm saying, think about how you're going to apply them to your next launch. I always like to start, even though most of you know me um, pretty well, and I've done lots of uh, blog posts about where I came from and how I even got started doing launch training and teaching other people how to launch and managing launches. But for those of you who don't know me, Here is, here's the deal. Um, so when I, when I was a kid, I don't even want to like when I was a child, but when I was first growing up, I literally was producing and planning and managing tons of different things. I created talent shows at my school when I was a, when I was in high school, just so that I could be in them. So I would put them together so that I could actually be the performer and then, uh, I also did an African dance workshop where I wasn't just the person who booked all the drummers who came into our small town school, but I was also the person teaching the class, <laughs> which is crazy to me. Little little girl like me teaching an African dance class, which I thought was funny, but I got the whole school involved because I was so excited about it. Um, that same creative spirit Followed me through college and then after, but I was always seeking new things that I could create and ideas. If I had an idea, I wouldn't just stop with, Hey, what if I wanted to make a film or what if I wanted to teach Pilates? I would try on all these different roles and I loved it. Um, TV extra, Pilates instructor, filmmaker, film was my, film was finally, after I settled on it, my major in college. And but then after that, I slowly went into writing and I recorded a, a small album. There's so many twists and turns to share, to share even like images that I, that I tried to pull together for this. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. Like there's so many different places where I was just producing, creating, creating based on ideas that I had or creating, helping someone else put their ideas together. But so I had this creative spirit my whole life and this drive to just get, get things done. I, I, there was no other way about it. I, if I wanted to do something, I would do it. And so, yes, there is part of me that has, was hardwired to just get things done. So, and I know that not everybody has that. But what happened <laughs> over time, after I left animation and all that behind, I joined a few um, an online team with Laura Roder. And what started to happen is I started using my genius again behind the scenes, and I honestly learned a ton. I really learned a ton about what it takes to launch products online, what it takes to launch businesses online, and I was just so excited about the learning that I let myself get stuck there behind the scenes and I put these these quote these um logos up here not to brag or anything because it was a lot of hard work and I'm actually really proud that I was part of B school and cre- the creation of B school and the first two launches I'm proud that I helped Laura grow her business to where it is now and even though I left her more than a year ago um and I am I am so thrilled that even just recently, I've helped Jonathan Fields do some of his launches. Revolution U is one of them. And I'll tell you some behind the scenes stuff after we finish today, if you want to know it. But I feel so excited that I was part of all these launches. But even even so, even learning, what I learned really when I was with Laura and when I was working on B-School is that I was settling. And I had to ask myself, Do you want to, this is for real. Do you want to be Santa or do you want to be the top elf? And I'm not even kidding you. There was like a movie on Christmas and I just said to myself, I'm top, I'm the top elf. I'm only ever going to be the top elf. And I was freaking out about it because all my life leading up to that, I was super creative, able to get tons of things done, had ideas that I had no problem putting into motion. But I had to say, you know, do you want to be Santa or you want to be the top elf? Are you number one or are you a number two? Are you happy supporting? Or are you leading? I think these are important questions to ask yourself as you head into a launch because I actually think some people are number twos and that doesn't mean they're less than. I think that means that they, their genius is in supporting the bigger idea and someone else's idea. So, Ask yourself if you're happy, if you're, if you will truly be happy leading something or if you want a partnership. What kind of, what do you want? Because in a launch, if you are helming a launch, you have to want to be a leader. You have to want to not just build your business, but lead people and the people who come to you for help. You want to be, you have to be happy and comfortable doing that. Even if you are an introvert, which is funny because I never consider myself an introvert, but over the past five years being online, I think I've become one, which is kind of sad, but we're, we're not there now. I'm, I'm out. We're like working this (laughs) and I am fully now embracing being a number one and my problem was i was a number 1 pretending i could be happy as a number 2 and that's really why it took me so long to launch my other problem which i don't even think i've made a slide for this but my other problem was that i didn't think what my genius zone was which was launching met like creating products and producing them through to delivery whatever you want to call it like whether it was film or a talent show or an african dance workshop the that was my genius zone and i looked at that as nothing of great value to anybody until i dove into the communities that i was involved in with laura Roeder, and marie and when i took when i finally took my leap My list was small. It was 500 or less, I think. 500 maybe. Uh, Maybe it was six. Okay. Fine. But it was definitely under a thousand. My list was small. My reach was small. I didn't feel like anybody knew me. I had no budget. I had no time. I mean, I was working full time with Laura. And that was a big job. We did a lot of work. But, but there is one thing that I did have. Actually, a few things that I had. I had passion. I had a drive. I had tenacity. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. So I had that. I had that. And then because I started to get to know the people inside Creating Fame, I got to know the community inside B-School and the multiple sub offshoots of B-School group, the B-School main group in um, in Facebook, I started to get a better idea and it became more clear what the need was. And once I had that idea of what was needed, all I I needed from that point was a willingness to do do what it would take to make it happen and like this crazy hunger for making it work. You can't worry about the failures that are going to lead you to that success. You just have to keep pushing and... My family has, my family, many members of my family, actually, my husband included, just would constantly hear me. Like if I would complain about something, it wouldn't be like, you can do it. You can do it, Anne. I didn't have that. I had, well, you should just go get a job at Google. Yeah, that's my husband's voice. It's actually has more of a Russian bent to it, but, but he wouldn't push me. He would actually say, well, if it's too hard, go, go get a job. You know? And that meant that I had to have extra push in myself. And the real aha for me, after, while, while being basically side-by-side side with Laura, helping her grow her business, being in the trenches, uh, helping Marie and Laura develop developed B-School, develop the launch for it, the real aha to me was like, wait a second... Do the same thing for myself that I've been doing for others. Hmm. That's kind of cool, right? So once I had that, then I was like, wait, I, now I need to decide what to launch. And this is where I'm going to go into this, this piece is, is you now think about what you want to launch think about all of your experiences up to this point what you offer your clients what you're currently offering your clients and decide what am i going to launch and if you're if you're still not sure the form it doesn't matter the format that takes what you're going to launch could end up being a paid product or not but a launch can be any online or offline event where you create excitement for something It can be an opt-in, it can be a product, it can be a service, it can be a new business. And usually, the end result you're usually going for, if you call it a launch, is money, but it doesn't have to be. It can be just a launch of something like a website where you want people to know that it's there. So maybe your end result, your goal is a bigger mailing list, or perhaps you're doing a telesummit (laughs) <laughs> or something like that. So, what are you going to launch? And and now think about why you're even doing where who is it even for? What's that idea? Just just start kind of thinking that about that right now. We're going to go through the phases of the I think I have seven phases of the launch and that that'll help you a little bit more. But but right now I want to just kind of tell you that this question right here that should be on your screen right now is one that I get all the time when you're first deciding what to launch. And I went through it too. I had to choose, you know, what to launch first. And for me, I was called to it because I was already doing it. It seemed like a logical first thing for me to get out the door is teach people how to launch. But you might be asking, can I launch a website? Should I launch a low price product first? Should I do a free challenge to lead up to my launch? Should I release an ebook? And all of these are great questions. All of these, there might, you might have a ton more questions. This is how I decided. And this is how you got to decide. You have to decide by asking the people that you're, that you're serving. And now if you're not even serving them yet, think about in my case, I, had really close access and knowledge. And I was getting to know all these people in two specific Facebook communities. That's all I was doing. I was getting to know people in B-School and creating fame. And in both places, I noticed a need for help with launches. I noticed it right away. And then as I was kind of still trying to convince myself to do it, someone else came out with a launch program. And I thought, oh, wow, that's great. So I guess it is something that people want because she's doing it. And as a way to back myself into that launch, I even offered a case study for her program about launching. So I, even though we both have launch programs, I am, well, I was, I don't know if I still am because I'm not, I don't have access to it now, but um, I don't even know if, if it's still live, but I was a bonus in her launch program, which I think is crazy, which is funny. So so there's a lot of crossover between between different programs, and that might actually be a great strategy for deciding if what you want to launch is even valuable, is to slightly piggyback on the audience of someone else who is teaching something similar or at least related. But how do you choose what to launch first? So I went to the people in those groups, and the only person who could answer these questions is not me. It's not even you. You can't answer the question. You've got to get the answer from people who you're going to be offering it to. And I, I'm not going to go into it right now, but the, the main thing you need to think about is who is your ideal customer? Who do you want to work with? And I'm only saying, who do you want to work with? Because many of you don't have customers or clients yet, and you're still trying to figure that out. So think about your most ideal situation. Make up a story about that person. And in fact, really easy avatar exercise is to pick your favorite person to work with. It could be a real existing person. It could be someone in your fantasies, your fantasy client, and write out that person's story. There are different ways to do this. But this avatar exercise is probably the one thing you're going to have to do, not when you're just, you're launching, but when you're creating new products, when you are deciding to, you're making decisions in your business. Don't ask a friend if you're writing an, if your email is a good email, or if your topic idea is a good topic, think about this fantasy person, this ideal client, this ideal customer and ask, hmm. Would they like this? Would this be helpful to that person? Because that's the only person that can answer your questions. It's funny. This uh, two weeks ago when I was at Camp GLP, this was an ongoing point that was hammered in by many different workshop leaders. John Lee Dumas did a great job of this during his Q and A, where he just said, "You know, he has he has an avatar. His name is Jimmy, and he helps." he helps John make all of his decisions in his business and the people that he interviews and anything new that he, any new projects he's going to do, he'd be like, Hmm, would Jimmy want this? Is this right for Jimmy? So if you pick that person and name them, you will be in a much better place to figuring out what you're going to launch in the first place. And I'll give you, I don't know if she's on the call today. She might be. Um, but so I cheated when it came to my avatar. I kind of cheated. I had Fearless Launching. I had I had the creating fame. I knew who was in there. I got to know certain people and I got to know people in B-School. I've, I've mentioned that. So I kind of had a general idea, but I actually didn't – I didn't do the exercise really well to begin with. So after the first round of the program, I picked a few people and kind of pulled them together into a, fa- into a fake person. <laughs> And I named that person based on one of the real people in there, and you'll find out about her today um, if you go over if you go over to the Fearless Launching page. But Alicia is a really dear friend of mine, and I've told her that she's that I created. Her, I based my avatar on her, and then I just made up additional stuff that wasn't really her story, but that was other people's uh, stories who did actually take fearless launching and i felt were perfect for the program. So you you do it the way you want to do it. Pick your favorite person to work with, pick someone you want to work with and write out that person's story. And really get to know them and whenever you're in doubt about what to launch, what to say, what to email, how often to write, what what color your font or what color your, you know, what font you should use. Think about your favorite person that that avatar, and they'll help you make the decision. Okay. I'm going to just do a quick check-in, make sure everything's good. Christina, we're all good here? And I will keep on trucking. So the other thing, before we dive into the, the phases of launching, I wanted to just share my super simple um launch tools. Because I think a lot of people worry that they've got to use all these different types of tools. And I like to keep it easy. I use Google Apps, which is where my email, <laughs> my Google Docs are. It's where we're doing this webinar today. And it's where I do most everything. I like it. It's, it integrates with lots of different things. It integrates with Asana, which is my project management, task management setup. That's also another free tool. Now, the tools that I use that are not free are lead pages. Lead pages helps create all these different kinds of pages for your business. And if you don't have a web developer, or you can't afford one just yet or you can only afford a little bit of a web developer or a little – like an hour or two. Lean Pages is a great option and it really – I think it's probably one of the wisest investments that you can make for your business. Um, so as you can see at the bottom here, I kind of gave it away. Um, three of you are going to be winning two-month memberships with Lead Pages. So you can see how easy it is too and we'll talk about that more at the end and how you can do that. Um, but if you want to go check them out, not right now. I will, you can just head over there after leadpages. I think it's dot com. Just look up leadpages and Google my favorite friend. And Infusionsoft is some, is a system that I started using about two years ago myself, but I've been using it for many years with Laura and uh, other clients as well. And the reason I, there are plenty of other free options, um, out there. Infusionsoft manages my emails, the emails that I send out to you. They help me create my order forms. They help me create an affiliate program, which I haven't really used that well yet. <laughs> and they just help me process payments. It's all under one roof. It keeps things super easy for me. I can make landing pages in it too if I wanted to. Um, but just keep in mind that this is not a free system. Infusionsoft is a paid-for system. And once you get over a couple thousand people, you may actually want to um, think about a solution like that. And my main the reason i love infusionsoft is because you can monitor behavior and you can see what people are clicking on what people are interested in and you can react or or send things out to people based on their behavior so if someone clicks a link that says they don't want to hear anything more about fearless launching then i do my best to you know to strip them out of any emails that might be going out about fearless launching if someone if someone clicks on a webinar link, well, guess what? Maybe I'll tell them about all of my webinars. So there's, I like Infusionsoft because you can you can really see behaviors of the people who you're trying to serve, and that's 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 one of those clues that actually tells you too what what you should launch. If you if you don't have access to that information on what people like, what people are clicking on, then you're not really able to make that that really good decision on what you should launch. Um, There are also free options and much, much, just much cheaper options like AWeber, MailChimp, MedMebe, Mimi, Constant Contact. There are plenty of other options out there um, that are not as expensive as Infusionsoft. And AWeber, MailChimp, You can also track clicks, opens, and there are definitely um, some add-ons to both of those tools, which allow you to also do some of the stuff Infusionsoft does, but it's not a one-stop shop. Um, However, MailChimp, AWeber, they both do integrate with lots of other systems. So I'm not writing those off. My main, main piece of advice is to keep it simple, keep it free. As much of the time as you can. And, you know, that's why Lead Pages to me is nearly free compared to having an on staff developer. So there you go. Next thing you're gonna need, in addition to those tools, are partners. So you're gonna decide what you're gonna launch with your avatar's help. You're gonna get your tools, you're gonna have partners. And honestly, my partners are pretty, there's a pretty small crew here. That's me and Christina on one of our many Google Hangouts, and she's the one who's primarily with me most of the time. But then we have Meredith at the top and Karen Sargent. Meredith Underell is a an amazing web developer. She is just such a sweetheart, super easy to work with, and I can just send her something, and she I, I don't know I we we have a thing together. So I, you know I love I love Meredith. Um, I'm bowing to her right now. And then I also have um, my launch kind of conscience. I was calling her my chaperone, but she's moving. I didn't want to put that on her. (laughs) Um, She's the one who sits on my shoulder, even if she doesn't know it, and reminds me about my schedule, what I need to get done every week as I'm leading up to the launch. And then plus, I actually consider my launch partners, my family, my friends, my business BFFs, people that you may see me tweeting, Catherine Just, Hillary Rubin, um... Who else? God? There are lots of- Alicia, <laughs> Liz Lockard. There's tons of people that I can call on if I'm freaking out during my lunch and freakouts do happen. So that's that. Um, one second, I just want to double check. Christina, let me know by text if, if there are any questions, if everybody's doing okay in there, any cool conversations happening, I feel like I'm missing out. I have FOMO right now. Fear of missing out. Okay, so, but there are there are other things that might stop be stopping you from launch success if you don't. Let me back up. So, the tech, which are the tools, usually is one place where people get stopped up when it comes to their launches. I've seen it, it, it even if they're not, even if they can figure tech out, they get stuck picking the tools. So, don't let the tech get you stuck. Don't let this this lovely time of creation, this time of sitting back and, oh, I wish I could launch this and this and this, cloud your judgment. Find out what your people need and, and then start creating that. Stop with all the ideas. Um, the other thing beyond tech and all those ideas that you have is you're not basing your goals, which you may have made coming into this, you have these big goals. You really just, you need to base all of that, what your expectations, you need to kind of base them in reality, not kind of, but you have to base them in reality. You have to start from where you are right now. So when you're planning or you're even thinking about your launch or daydreaming about your launch, make sure you're daydreaming about it with your current list, with your current reach, with your current social media followers, with the current number of clicks and comments and emails you get. Yes, there will be growth. However, you can't depend on the growth. The growth will happen as you're going through your launch. Your list will grow. More people will pay attention as you're launching if you're telling people enough what you're doing. However, I've just seen too many people not base their, their initial goals and ideas on rea- in reality, and that is just so sad to me because it's like, why would you put that on yourself? Don't say that you're gonna you're gonna gain a thousand subscribers if really you only usually get a hundred more new ones a month. So think about where you are right right now, and base everything off that. Base how you launch based on where you are right now. So okay. We're going to go now, and this is this is the action part of the situation and the situation today. Where 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 you're going to go through, and for each of these phases, I have something for you to do. So I'm going through my own my own list of things right here, and I want to make sure everybody has their pencils out. Okay, so let's dive in. So the first phase is gathering intel. Gathering intel really is the cornerstone and the beginning point and the start, start, starting line of every single launch I work on. It doesn't matter if it's a Jonathan Fields launch or if it's, um, it doesn't matter any launch. It doesn't matter what size your audience is. You have to start by gathering intel. And gathering intel means taking inventory of. Everything that already exists in your business, like how many subscribers you have, how many followers, how many fans, how many social media outlets you already use. Reviewing, inventory also means reviewing what content you may have created and it's just sitting up on a shelf or what related blog posts that are public do you have that might be relevant to whatever you're creating. Sometimes we've actually got more done than we think we do. Um, in addition to the people, the subscribers, also think of your people resources in terms of who's already hanging around that could actually help you. And these don't actually have to be people you pay necessarily. They could be past customers who might want to be part of a beta test of something that you're creating. Maybe you have current customers who you can give a bonus to and you can ask them to be involved. Start... Start paying attention to what's already happening. Are people commenting? Are people already asking you certain questions that are related? Who are those people? Make sure you know who they are. Start. And then as as you're gathering intel, the other thing you want to start doing is start paying attention to where you're giving content or you're creating content and you're sending it out. Think about those places as channels. What channels do you have going right now? So, in fact, take a quick inventory of all the main channels you use to reach your audience right now. And channels include social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus, but it or Tumblr, but it can also mean your blog. It could be your email through email. It could be through webinars. What channels do you use to reach people? And and you really want to start kind of digging to find where your current biggest fan is. So someone that you can go to who seems to be everywhere you are that might appear to be stalking you slightly. So think, think about those channels. And then what I want you to do is start giving more on those channels related directly to to your launch. So once you have those channels, then I want you to write out some different things you can put on those current channels right now. So let's say you have five of those. Let's say Instagram, Facebook, email, blog, and your podcast. Let's say those are your channels. Those are my channels. Instagram is kind of for fun for me right now. Um, So in each of those channels, just write one thing you could do right now to start giving value, and content related to your upcoming launch or the launch you want to do or the launch you're you're not sure you want to do yet, but you need to get some feedback. So the, this is where you're going to just start kind of dropping, dropping pebbles in the pond and all these channels just to make sure that there's some feedback and see, see which ones are the strongest, see where you get the most reaction. This is just, this is just where you're putting things, putting things out there. It could be questions. It could be, it's not, it's not exactly leaking the launch, which is something that I talk about in Fearless Launching, but it's really to find out what you should be leaking or what you should be launching. Um, so start listening. In addition to listening to what's happening on these channels, you can go the very direct route, survey people, ask a couple questions in an email, straight up ask them on Facebook with a poll or just one question and then ask it everywhere. Um, if you, another very direct way to do listening to finding out what people want is to... Check out your blog archives or your, wherever you get the most activity and find a person who just consistently likes or comments on things. Reach out to them. Ask them. Ask them about what you want to launch. Talk to them about what they want. Find out, find out more information. And by the way, that person who comments a lot, who likes your stuff a lot, they might be your avatar in hiding. So ask them. Take the time to ask them. Okay. That intel phase, by the way, can last a very long time and it should until you are really clear on your strongest channels and on the strongest type of communication going out through those channels. Um, You might not want to launch unless you have a social media outlet that is actually stronger and that your blog is getting a few more comments or you're getting more emails. You're going to be the one to cho- to to kind of guesstimate, you're going to guess a little bit um, when it's a good time to actually set things in motion for your launch. All I can say is, if you've got no activity and and then you see growth, growth is what matters. It's not the amount. It's not that there's a specific amount of activity you're looking for. You just want to see growth and focused growth, so that. Wow, ever since I started putting these posts up, people are now responding like crazy. And I'll give you an example here. And I know we're like, man, this is going to be a lot of content. So I hope you guys can stick with me. Um, I'll give you some examples after so I can bomb through this just a little bit more. Um, so again, as you're gathering intel, you're going to be leaking the message out. Leaking the messages just before you really start... Putting out some serious launch content and launch content in the form of blog posts or emails or video series. Um, Again, make a list of those social media messages that that the types of messages that were working before in your gathering intel phase. And now make a list of those social media messages you might want to use over the four weeks leading up to your launch. And an example of that is going to be something like. One or two sneak peek messages. Here's what's coming. Ooh, this is what I'm working on. And maybe a question that added on to the gathering intel phase. And I'm sorry I'm bombing through this. And I'm sorry I keep saying bombing. <laughs> but, um, each week you're just going to be sending more. You start with the kind of an indirect, very vague, Here's what's coming. And then you get a little bit more specific and a little bit more clear. And each week you do a little bit more messaging. So as you can see here, one to two sneak peek messages, week one, week two, you maybe you you have a question along with a PS and an email that you send out your newsletter and weeks, maybe three and four talk about upcoming training. And then week five, you promote that free training and those two weeks leading up to the training. Um, The main thing with leaking is you don't want to do too much too soon. And the only person who can answer that question is your avatar. As you're leaking, you're also building excitement. This is what naturally happens. So keep thinking, how can I build excitement, keep it natural? And I like to Think about the natural communication that already comes out from me and kind of stick to that as much as possible. I know this is also something that uh, we're working on with um, another launch I'm working on right now and that is to just keep it so that it stays on brand because if people aren't used to hearing these direct pushy sales messages from you then they're not going to be too psyched to all of a sudden get those in the mail. So add communication pieces like emails, blog posts to your launch leaking list so that when it comes time to actually announce your launch, people are more used to it. What emails can you write to tell people more directly that a launch is coming? What blog posts can you write that directly relate to your upcoming launch? Think of keeping things really sparse at first. And I really believe in that until you understand how much you can add in. And only you are going to know when it's too much. And you're not going to know if it's too much emailing, too much communication until it's too much. And then you just have to dial it back. So during this building excitement phase, I want you to think about what else can you do to prepare your audience and make sure they're ready to consume your offer. That's the main thing when you're building excitement is to really just get them ready for the offer. Number four is again, just like I said, I have a team. Just like I said, I have a team you need to gather partners. So there's going to be three types of people you're going to need. You're going to need people who are going to spread the word, who love you, who support you. Don't necessarily need compensation, but if you can set up an affiliate account, great. You're going to need past clients and customers who can give their stories, social proof, and find people who already share your content and offers on a regular basis. So Those are, those are kind of the external helpers. And then you do need people who can help you put together the launch, whether they're paid or unpaid. And now, depending on how, like, I, I have definitely believe you can launch alone because I have clients right now who are launching alone. Um, but, but I say get people as helpers just to be on the sidelines to look at stuff to review what you've done, to be testers at least, and give yourself plenty of time if you don't have uh, people who can work with you. But I I do think you need a launch confidant. You need someone you can go to to talk about what you're launching, get someone to give you some really honest feedback. Number five, double check the tech. (laughs) It's funny that I'm saying that today Um, because we try, you try to double check the tech, but... And that means, you know, check to make sure that the links are working and that that your internet connection is working and whatever. Um, there, There's going to be a list of technical things that you have set up for your launch that might not be the same as mine. So make yourself a checklist of things you know you don't know how to set up right now. Then you're going to list out all those things that likely also need to be double-checked. So after you do those two things, oh, and I see that it's chopped off here. Um, The secret to opening the doors is actually taking care of these, the more critical pieces first. And by the way, when you get the slides, I'll fix that so you can actually see it. Um, But it's to take care of the hard things first. So set up your payment processor. Make sure that you're you can click a link, buy something, and then get sent an email. Even if all those things, when you're first setting them up, are blank. Just make sure that all of your systems are talking to each other. Um, and even if that means making and testing a PayPal button, that's, that's fine. But make, first make that list of things you don't even know how to set up right now. And then also make that list of things you're going to need to double check. Those are going to give you two good clues on who you need to find to help you. And the tech is where people generally, if they're doing something alone, that they usually need some help getting things set up. But just because you have a list of things you don't know how to set up doesn't mean you can't find out how to set it up. Thank you, Google, for that. So the the sixth phase of the launch is making the push. And this is just where you're putting your offer out there. And the main thing with with a, with the sales and the open cart, op, when you open your shopping cart is find a few ways to add a little bit of pressure in a good way to someone's purchasing decision. Maybe you do an early bird period for 48 hours with an added bonus. Maybe you offer extra incentives For people who are thinking about buying it. Maybe there's, maybe you have a tiered pricing that increases as you go past certain dates. The earlier someone buys, the better. So keep it simple. And the reason why I say the earlier someone buys, the better is because they're like ready right then to buy. And so giving them that little bit of pressure in a nice way is a great way to also boost your confidence when you're when you're launching. There's no worse feeling than waiting until the end date before you get like your sales. It's happened to me. And I was and I realized when that happened, I'm like, oh yeah, that's because I really didn't give them any incentive to buy earlier. Why would they have to? You can save their money until the end date. Um, the easiest thing you can do is create an early bird bonus for people who take action fast. I love action takers. So Hint, hint, that's coming too. Um, so the last thing is shut it down. And by the way, that's a shout out to my, to my, uh, a show that's starting tonight on TV (laughs) called Scandal. When I wrote that, I thought I was being so clever, but no one else will get it except me now. And you're probably all laughing at me. Um, anyways, here's things to think about when you're in that shut it down phase. And you're going to want to start a running checklist of anything that will need to be reset to normal after your launch. Your sales page redirected to the interest page. Maybe you remove launch mentions from your email autoresponders. Maybe you remove your hello bar. Maybe you remove mentions and blog posts. Um... Think of a way to thank your audience for hanging in there while you sent out that communication, uh, more communication than normal. That is one of my things that I, I think is crucial to do because people hang out with you on their... If, if people haven't bought and they haven't left your list, then they were then they were hanging in there. So thank them for it. Thank them for being there. So now... I know I just jammed that into your face (laughs) and if you're feeling overwhelmed, I just want you to know a few things based on the people that I've worked with and that is that no one performs at a high level you might think they do all the time. Everyone needs a push to get things done and to keep moving forward. Everyone. Everyone gets overwhelmed. Everyone needs to be told to stop it already. And everyone needs to let go when things don't work out as planned and find solutions. And so let go and find the solution. Everyone needs to have an honest ear to talk to. And everyone has had to shut down a project or say, uh, sorry, it's not going to work. Everybody has had to. Everybody. Even people you don't think have had these problems they have. So. I just want you to know that these are like my rules going into launching. It's just that things are going to mess up. I'm going to have to revise things. I'm not going to get everything right. And here's what I'm, I'm just going to be ready to create the solution if things don't go out, work out as planned. Well, okay then. So as you can see, the (laughs) webinar was action-packed and I stripped out the most content-rich part of it for you so that you could take action, get going right away. But if you do feel like you missed out on a little bit of it, there is actually about 20 more minutes where I walk through uh, the Fearless Launching back end, and I show you the program and answer some questions, which you can obviously benefit from. Just read in the show notes below and... Whether you're listening on the iPhone app or you're on the blog, you should be able to grab those links there so you can opt in, check out the, the full webinar. Um, I think that's it. I think we're good today. I want to thank you so much for listening. Again, I appreciate every single one of you. And if you're listening and you think that you need that I need to know something about the show or you want to hear more of a specific topic, please send me an email at support at com, and I will get back to you personally and or put it in the show. So stay tuned in the next couple of weeks, we're going to ha- we're going to kick off a series of podcast episodes. And this one's kind of personal. I'm calling out some people that I love that have influenced me. So I'm hoping that you'll and you'll join me for that. And I think that it'll probably help you think about the people that have influenced you. Have a great day. Make sure to go check out, check out iTunes and check out the Fearless Launching Show over there. Subscribe, review, star. Love it. I love it. Okay. Love it. Like it. I'm not sure what that's from. Okay, I'm going to let you go now because I think that's quite enough out of me. Have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.